Hello. Hi. Welcome. <sighs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're trying to like time it to fuck me up. Exactly. <laughs> you like waited a beat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and before I introduce the other two, I just want to say that uh, we are thankful that you're just happier listening to a podcast that isn't perfect than looking for one that is. Nice. (laughs) Again, uh, joined by Brent, as you've already heard. (laughs) Lincoln. And Ski. Hello, friends. And today we're going to be discussing uh, Season 4, Episode 12, Blind Date. And uh, Ski will be doing our recap and all of our other normal format as we... Work toward finding the greatest page episode. Forward. Brent's giving me an odd look now as he looks at my paper. I'm not sure what the, the situation <laughs> is, but he looks puzzled to say the least. I need to go to the tapes real quick. Are you are you thinking that you may have watched the wrong episode? No, I, I did watch the correct episode. Okay. Um, we're going to, in a few weeks, when we do Love Me Tender, uh-huh. that episode. See, I thought that one was called Blind Date because oh, okay. it was about Dorothy on a blind date. And I thought this episode with the actual blind man was Love Me Tender. Oh, okay. Now, so you, like, now you spoiled both, Brent. You know, I, <laughs> the entire time I was like, man, why didn't they call this episode Blind Date? Uh, Tune in next, folks. But next time, did. folks. Exactly. <laughs> so now I'm just upset that they called the other episode Love Me Tender, because uh. I think the other episode should have been called Special Ed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. I got to give you credit on that one. So, well, we'll get, get around to that. Uh, just stick with us. <laughs> but I'm glad that it's not something we're like, oh shit, we're gonna have to postpone this. <laughs> now, you know, we're already on take three for I the know. night. <laughs> the writers were pretty good uh, in this, you know, the series, but I don't think they're quite as clever as you are, Brent. Oh, gotcha. I gotta be honest. But uh, yeah, it was. Um, I don't know. I, I had a, a moment of panic there as Brent <laughs> <laughs> was, was giving me that look. That well, oh, we'll shit. all discover it together. How's right. that? <laughs> So it's been a little while since we actually sat in the same room to, you know, to record a new episode. I mean, mm-hmm. Grant, we always are in the same room for the new episodes. We just haven't recorded mm-hmm. in a little Correct. bit. We had a bit of a bank built up, if you will. We're on a hiatus. And we do have a, a few uh, a few new interactions for me to tell you guys about. Oh, very nice. Now, I know some of them. Brent's become a little more involved in the social media. Ski doesn't give a shit what any of you have to say. Um, that so is not true. I'm just very lazy. He has been given the he's been given all of the information to log in to our various forms of social media, but he just has chosen not to to this point. Um, like, I think it's just it's just the stance he's adopted, you mm-hmm. know, as far as the podcast and everything. Like, have you ever told him like our origin story? Told who our origin story? The audience. I believe that we've discussed it before. No, like the the origin story of the podcast itself. I don't think so. You mean it's the way we decided to do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. No, like, why don't you tell them? Because I'm not sure. Okay. I want to hear uh, your version. Okay, yeah. <laughs> feel free to chime in or offer a rebuttal. Okay. Um, I, I'm excited to hear this. Okay. I want to see where it goes. Um, so, you know, one night I was, you know, sitting home minding my own business mm-hmm. and the telephone rang. And I went to answer it. And it's like, hoy, hoy. And it was it was Ski on the other end. And he was like, hey, can I uh, patch in Alan? And I was like, sure. And so he patched you in. And mm-hmm. Ski's like, well, I've gathered you together because I'd like us to do a podcast. Oh, okay. And I was like, okay. And he was like, can we do it about the Golden Girls? And I was like, well, I'm not saying no, but can you tell me why? You know, the Golden Girls. 
And Ski said, because I don't want to live in a world in which there is a topic for which you cannot find out a white male's opinion. (laughs) 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 And I was like, well, that's rather specious logic, but I guess I'm with you, buddy. (laughs) that about how you remember it? Yeah, more or less. (laughs) (laughs) That's the broad strokes anyway. (laughs) I was really wondering where I was going. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, my first thought was like, Ski doesn't know how to patch somebody in. He barely knows how to use a phone. What is this thing with no real buttons? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it. That was For all good. intents and purposes, that can be our origin story. <laughs> so anyways, but like I said, we, we've gotten a few communications. I'm actually going to spread them out over the next couple episodes uh, so that we have you know, some content to Betty, share. Betty would be proud, mm-hmm. yeah. although she does deserve better. That's that's she absolutely does. true. <laughs> she does. Uh, thankfully, we haven't heard any more of those types of comments, um, which I'm glad. I'm not. I'm open to them, but yeah. I, I hope that all of our things are valid. Do. Exactly. Um, but anyway, we got a, a tweet from a Matt ATL 21, and he said, "Am I the only person in the country right now driving to a college football game and listening to a Golden Girls podcast?" Ooh. And uh, I said, "This was, I think." probably my favorite response that I've given to anybody so far. Uh, I said, uh, I'd say there's an excellent chance of that. Most people give 100% focus to the podcast and leave things like sports, jobs, and family behind. (laughs) (laughs) The the Venn diagram between college football fans Mm -hmm. and Golden Girl podcast listeners, probably not a lot of overlap. Yeah, they may may rub up against each other, and there's some (laughs) people that are in that space. (laughs) Slightly tangent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's not much uh, daylight exactly. <laughs> in that circle. So I applaud Matt Atlanta mm. for you know your diversity and you know for containing multitudes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we also got a message from Mario uh, that he got caught up with the oh, rest Mario, of the episodes, yeah. um, or at least at the time he sent this, he was he was Correct. really yeah. close on catching up. Nice. And was asking if there was uh, some sort of a support group who's going to get the jitters from not having us to oh. listen to. <laughs> Have to wait seven days, <laughs> right? And I, I told um, him that. Um, it, no, go ahead. Um, so, Mario, if you're ever jonesing, uh, go back to season one, episode 20, <laughs> and just listen to that one again and again. Um, if you could do us a favor and download it on various machines and phones and whatnot, <laughs> we definitely want to get those numbers up. Yeah, that one still has not hit 100 listens. <laughs> like most of our episodes now are getting close to 100 episode listens in the first week, yeah. and that one has not gotten 100 <laughs> listens in like two years. <laughs> but, um but yeah, so he, mm-hmm. I, I did reply that it's the, truly ironic because that's probably the one we referenced by far the oh most. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It's truly an irony. And it's one of our shortest episodes, maybe <laughs> our shortest episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I know I'm mentioning it next week. Yeah. Well, I don't doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it'll get mentioned many, many times yeah. in the next three and a half seasons. Yeah. Um, but I, I told him that I thought the withdrawal symptoms would be short. And then he would probably find the fog in his brain would be lifted and he'd be thinking more clear-minded than he has in several weeks since he binged <laughs> through. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah. I think you enjoyed that response better than the one I sent to. Uh. <laughs> I like the fact that... <laughs> I love when something really tickles him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, if you take seven days off from listening to us, you'll get, and then you just list like all the benefits from No Fat November. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> a 
um, but to your point, Ski, um, um, I, I laugh at my own stuff. That way people will know it's funny. <laughs> Fair enough. Because if I let them to decide on their own, you know, no good could come from that. Right. <laughs> I do wonder how good your comedy would be if it was completely deadpan. <laughs> like, if you didn't laugh at all, it'd still be good comedy, but I think that you're a, part of your charm is that you laugh at your own jokes. <laughs> you definitely elevate the quality of it by, yeah. you know, I think laughter is infectious. Exactly. Uh, so. Releases the dopamines. Right. <laughs> so, a couple others I wanted to mention. Uh, Angel uh, from Angel ASMR oh, channel. Nice. Hello. She sent us a message saying that uh, she loves uh, our animosity towards Dan, or at least mine specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but without a slime ball like Stan, they'd have missed some good storylines. Mm-hmm. And I just commented that, yeah, you know, I think most shows need a good villain. Mm-hmm. And so Stan does give them a good, consistent villain. Yeah. Um, and CJ, in a separate uh, separate comment, had mentioned how he doesn't like Stan episodes because they typically make Dorothy seem weak, um, mm. where she's normally very strong. Yeah, and, yeah. that's true. You know, sure-minded or whatever. But with yeah. Stan, she, she loses a lot of that. So mm-hmm. oh, that was a really astute observation. Yeah, I agree. And I got one more I'm going to tell you about this week. Team CJ. Um, We got a a message from a a different podcast called uh, Florida Men on Florida Man. What? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm really excited now. Well, I mean, and it was very nice, very cordial. Uh He he followed, or their podcast followed ours, and we followed them. And um, he just uh, was like, hey, thanks for following us. Uh, We love meeting new shows. How long has yours been around? Mm -hmm. So my initial thought is like, are these sons of bitches getting litigious? <laughs> like, oh. <are> they gonna, <laughs> like I heard you're stepping on our toes uh, <laughs> with yeah. your Florida man bits. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I oh, think yeah. that's pretty open source, honestly, isn't it? Oh, I would say so. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really think that he was <laughs> coming after us, <laughs> but you know. I so, uh, how long have you guys been around, eh? <laughs> but I mentioned how long we've been around. And that <laughs> you I know, think you better think twice. They still haven't found the body of Pick Me. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, we talk about Pick Me, I think, more than probably, you know, we probably talk about Pick Me more on our podcast than... He talks about himself on his own. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's... uh, So, yeah, I I just mentioned, you know, how long that we've been on there. Like I said, it was very cordial um, exchange between the two two podcasters. Um, But, yeah, he he seemed like a nice guy, and I did listen to an episode of the show, and it was an an enjoyable show as well. Very nice. Um, If you're still listening, uh, Florida Man for Florida Man, is that what it is? Florida Florida Men on Florida Man. Okay. So, if you guys are still listening, here in a few weeks, uh, me and the family are going to be in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. So, if you could comment and let us know if there's any, like, good family restaurants down that way. In fairness, mm-hmm. I can't say for sure that they have listened. All I know oh. is that he followed us and sent us a message. So he gotcha. may have been reaching out to a fellow podcaster. Hmm. But it does make me feel good that it's like there were, you know, our tentacles are reaching long enough that, that other people are noticing us that aren't actually listening to us. So mm-hmm. at least we're making some sort of a small indentation, yeah. you know, on the well, uh, so podcast. We're on the podcast radar. Exactly. Yeah, on the very, very fringes. Um, <laughs> exactly. It's like a phantom blip, but, <laughs> but we're how there. Would, how would yeah. they find us if they're not listening? Uh, well, probably on Twitter. <laughs> he tweeted us. and he. I might... mean, do we have, like, comments on, like, our, like, uh, what I'm saying is basically, does each episode have, like, a... Uh, summary on what we talk about, like oh, that sure. would include Florida Man stuff. No, no, it doesn't. They're not nearly that in depth. The the summaries I put before each each mm-hmm. episode are very light. That's um, like I... three sentences. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they really pertain to the episode far more often than they do to yeah. our very specific commentary <laughs> yeah. on the episode. Um, once in a while, I'll throw in something that has is very mm-hmm. specifically about what we you know said. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I'm yeah. just trying to figure out what the Florida Man tie-in would be. Oh, well, I would just guess that he he follows other podcasts, and somewhere along the lines, you know, he saw that someone that he was following was also following oh, us, I and gotcha. that's how he gotcha. know, found us that way. They maybe asked him. He's like, "Hey, what's the appeal?" And they're like, "Oh, well, they do Golden Girls and Florida Man humor." The, they were true, yeah. So, and yeah, and I would definitely occasionally the deep dive. Exactly. You know, Kanisha some weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely encourage people to reach out to us. We do love to hear from anybody. Yes, we, we have some more comments that I'll be reading over the next couple episodes. We're recording a couple tonight. Um, so if you didn't hear it today, but you've sent us something, say, six to ten weeks ago, <laughs> <laughs> then you'll probably hear it here in the next uh, in the next couple episodes. That, yeah. But we'd love to hear from you. Um, yes. So anyways, with that, I, I think we're... Not caught up, but caught up as much as we will be today. Correct. With those, uh, and kick it over to Ski to start the recap. Got to save right. some content for the Love Me Tender episode. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> In three weeks. Stay tuned. <laughs> two weeks from today. Oh, okay. The Love Me Tender episode, is that two weeks from today? Well, if we're doing an episode, it's not next week, but it'll be the following Oh, okay. Week. Fair enough, yeah. So, season four. November ups. 15th is when that one drops, mm. if you told me correctly. Yeah, that sounds right. Season four. Oh yeah, shit! Sure. Uh, I hope everyone had a happy Halloween. Yeah, because yeah. this one, uh, this episode <laughs> came out the the day after Halloween, November first. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I hope that everybody had a good Halloween, stayed safe, and got some candy or whatnot. Yeah, make um, sure. Hopefully, you X-rayed all your candy. Right, exactly. All them oh. sexy kitties out there. I had, this, I had this friend in grade school, not to speak ill of the dead, so, um, <laughs> because he is dead now. What did he die of? Stupidity. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I guess that's speaking pretty ill of the dead. Yeah. I don't know. He he was always kind of a a, a jackass, to be honest. Yeah. So worst. I won't mention his name. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he was like, "Oh yeah, we took my candy." Now this would have been probably in seventh, sixth, seventh grade, somewhere mm-hmm. in that ballpark. And he's like, "Oh, we took my candy to uh, to the fire station so they could check it out. They found three razor blades and two had poison." And I was like, "Someone's trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Like this isn't an accident. This yeah. is from your parents. Exactly. <laughs> there's no way that." And I knew the neighborhood he lived in. It wasn't like. No, you know, yeah. Geist, but it wasn't a terrible neighborhood yeah, yeah. either. Um, yeah. That same kid, I remember he got so mad at me because he came into school and he had these $84 tennis shoes, which mm-hmm. I was at the time kind of right when, um, mm-hmm. you know, tennis shoes started yes, going up real high yeah, yeah. in price. And I was like, yeah, those tennis shoes probably cost like $4. It just pissed, he irritated mm-hmm. me. And I was yeah. like, they probably cost like $4 to make and the rest is markup well, they didn't yeah. cost 84 dollars yeah. to make michael jordan has to wet his beak <laughs> right exactly and he was like oh so you're saying they're like made out of plastic We're like well they probably are mostly made out of plastic yeah. <laughs> um, but i'm just saying that you know the store has to make their money the company that ships have to make their money the company that makes it has to make their money mm-hmm. and i was i guess i was pretty smart because i was like sixth grade when i was telling yeah. this guy <laughs> this and he was explain so, to him supply chain exactly yeah. and he was so pissed off that i was saying he had cheap shoes and i was like well you shouldn't have come in bragging in the first place yeah. i mean i didn't say yeah. that part but that's the gist of yeah. why i need to put him in his place do you think he'd be proud of you um, after all these years? You're no longer representing labor, but now on the side of management. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the world needs both sides, Brent. <laughs> so if I don't organize you, <laughs> you workers, <laughs> then it'll just be madness. <laughs> exactly. If Jeff there Bezos can be no us, dark if there's not light. If Jeff Bezos has taught us nothing, it's that you can't trust a worker exactly. without 100% monitoring. <laughs> Total so, surveillance, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so. 
You're like Creed. It's like I've been in cults both as a leader and a follower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have more fun as a follower. Make more money as a leader. Right. <laughs> so that was one of the greatest lines of office really history. But anyways. So yeah, sorry about that little. Uh, but I, I do want to try, even though we record these at different times and they actually get released, of course, mm-hmm. I, I want to try to tie in a little more often if we can towards things that are going actually on. Happening. Even if they're not like actual current events, but at least things that are going on. Yeah, you know, exactly. Because at that know, point in time, we're saying all this and then somewhere out there at some point in time, 100 people are going to be like, hey, that's the holiday I just celebrated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Anyway, so now with that, with Halloween wishes out of the way, now I'll go ahead. <laughs> you know, now I'm coming off my sugar high and ski. You can go ahead and start your recap. All right. Any any last notes? Hopefully Did you get not. A freckle? Probably. Okay. It's probably cancer. <laughs> on his forehead. Is the thing always been on his forehead? Oh, I, I think that's a little a sore. I don't scab. think it's. A, yeah. Okay, gotcha. I scratched myself. Okay, I'd never noticed that third eye before. <laughs> third nipple. Uh, season four, episode twelve. Like Gandhi. It, Entitled <laughs> Blind Date. <laughs> it's a good title. Yeah. Uh, original air date was January 28th, 1989. This one was written by Christopher Lloyd and directed by Terry Hughes. I think that's Elvis Presley's birthday. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll look that up while you're yeah. going. Please do. Not the year, though, folks. No, no. He was 1935. <laughs> I'm surprised. You, well, I'm not surprised you know that. I'm just impressed. Uh, we open in the living room. Uh, Dorothy enters the house. Sophia is reading a TV guide, I believe, and uh, mentions that uh, Pat Sajak has uh, uh, been taken off of the Wheel of Fortune. Dorothy comments that it's because he's now uh, a ni- has a nightly talk show. So we'll kick back for everybody there who might remember. Wasn't it called the Pat Sajak Show? Yeah, I believe so. I don't know. I, I meant to look that up. I forgot, but I was going to look it up to see how long ago that that had been on, or not how long ago it had don't been remember. on, but how long it lasted. It had yeah. to be a really eight, short-lived eight show. Weeks. Eight weeks? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize it was that short-lived. Yeah. Now, Sophia comments that, you know, he helped spin, a, I think, a wooden wheel for years, and now he's uh, somehow qualified to discuss uh, politics with Kissinger. Mm. Uh, Dorothy can tell that her mother is a little upset and asks why she's so cranky. Sophia sp- explains that she's not cranky, but gassy. Right. Having eaten a uh, Weight Watchers meal earlier that day. Rose enters, and uh, they ask how uh, football practice went because she's – uh, volunteered as the coach. Mm-hmm. She explains how lazy the team acted. Uh, just then, two very young boys in football gear come in and give Rose her uh, coach's whistle back. She thanks them and then tells them to run home. They start to walk out the door, and she angrily emphasizes that she told them to run. Is this a neighborhood football team? Because <laughs> it seems <laughs> odd that the players would have come from practice with their you know, gear mm-hmm. still on to bring Rose her... Yeah. Her wi- I mean, I suppose they could have been picked up from the field Maybe and then their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she did tell them to run home, so. Yeah. I mean, if they have a bus, that's a well-funded team for a yeah. peewee football team. Well, and then later yeah. on, one of them shows up to, like, pick up the, co- the coach, I guess, right. <laughs> at the end of the episode. <laughs> I don't know if this is the first time it ever appeared in, like, a network TV sitcom or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's got to be one of the first times. Um, that you hear an adult, you know, call a child a panty waste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, at the very least, it's a, an anachronism. Because <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think you can safely say that most shows nowadays will not, at least nothing on network TV. <laughs> exactly. And it came from Rose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of all yeah the sweetest of all the golden girls. Yeah. So Dorothy tries to calm Rose down and remind him that, hey, hey, they're only kids. Uh, Rose admits that she probably, you know, wouldn't have uh, volunteered if she knew how much work was involved. Rose asks Dorothy to help out, 
uh, but Dorothy declines. Uh, See, so she says Rose is uh, too competitive and she ruins all the fun. Mm. Rose sits down and reaffirms to Dorothy that all she cares about is the kids having fun. Dorothy tells her that uh, if she really means that, she's in. Rose then celebrates and comments that with her help, they can uh, really pound the other teams and make them eat dirt for breakfast. Right. Uh, but then tries to recover with a kind sentiment about how breakfast is uh, a very important meal. Right, the most important meal today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a line, though, in between that. Um, I think, I could be wrong, maybe Blanche came in or, or Rose had asked Sophia something, but she asked for help. And, and I think Sophia said, Yes. Yeah. Mostly with your lipstick, Emmett Kelly applied makeup with more finesse, uh -huh. um, <laughs> which I almost decided to like make an emergency interruption for a uh, Alan's deep dive in this episode. <laughs> because big it, Emmett Kelly fan? Uh, well, not a big Emmett Kelly fan per se, but it's an interesting story to say the uh -huh. least. Yeah. Uh, I, I just looked Name at the what's that? He's a Hoosier. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Emmett Kelly was the uh, inventor of the clown Weary Willie, um, mm -hmm. which was like the first kind of sad clown, the hobo clown. Okay. That um, like he was the first one that kind of departed from mm -hmm. the more traditional circus clowns and became this you know hobo clown, which you know is a very famous clown, probably the inspiration for the sad clown paintings and whatnot. I would assume. Yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently, like his son, I didn't go too deep into it, um, but his son decided to take up the moniker. And that basically destroyed the family because mm -hmm. the, the father, the Emmett Kelly Sr., could mm -hmm. never accept that. Yeah. And so he decided, <laughs> you know, like that, that broke the family up because there was only room for one weary uh -huh. willy uh -huh. <laughs> in the family. And then years later, the grandson decided to take up the moniker as well. Uh -huh. That ruined it again? Well, I don't know if it ruined it again because this article I read was from like 1982. The Wikipedia page was very light, but this uh -huh. article was, was pretty good. And um, the guy... He was like, yeah, I don't really know how my dad's going to react to it. Uh, I guess I'll find out when the article comes out. <laughs> I'm doing That's it. Great. He's wah, like, wah, wah. well, is his dad, I guess, still ran a circus. So this would be the second Weary Willie. Uh, oh, okay. You're talking about the, the grandson is saying this. Yes, yeah. yeah. So the grandson is now talking about his dad, the, the second in the so line. So it didn't work out well the first time. Maybe this time will work better. Yeah, exactly. And he's like. He's, it's, it's a generation. Right. <laughs> so he's got his grandfather, Emmett. Well, and this it's Emmett Kelly the third or whatever, uh -huh. you know, I think he's like Emmett J. Kelly or something like okay. that. Some same name, yeah. but something slightly different, so he's yeah. not a, a continuation of the line, per se. <laughs> but it was like he wasn't enchanted with his career as an accountant, mm -hmm. so decided to follow <laughs> the family business into clowning, mm -hmm. and uh, that he did have the support of his wife. Apparently, mm -hmm. the, the clowning business destroyed his family also. Mm -hmm. Not only did it destroy the relationship between his dad and grandfather, but yeah. then it also ruined his dad's marriage to his mom. Yeah. <laughs> so clowning, wow. yeah, clowning's a rough business right. um, if you have the passion. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll do part two of that deep dive next week. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be looking forward to hearing about it. Um, but yeah, he, it's not a direct continuation, but we will be discussing a weary willy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought it was funny. And there was a part where it's like, oh, have you ever discussed it with your dad? And he's like, well, when I saw him last October, he said there just wasn't any room in the show for me. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't talk about it much after that. <laughs> not, not a good pre-sign, yeah. Right, exactly. So. Anyways, yeah, I just wanted to throw that. I thought that was an interesting bit. I could have gotten way more into it because I think Weary Willie and <laughs> Emmett Kelly, you know, <laughs> at large is a fairly interesting subject. Um, yeah. But it's not my episode to recap or to yeah. deep dive. So well, I just, just gave a little some, bit. I'm, I'm totally good with it. The, um, 
my dad um, listened to a lot of um, you know talk radio and stuff, and Emmett Kelly always had this thing where like he does the Pledge of Allegiance or mm. whatever, but he like does play by play and color commentary for it as well. Okay, um, and so it turns into this you know whole you know like eight minute <laughs> bit <laughs> you know about you know America is number one and all that sort. Okay, and that's one of the that stuck with me. Very nice. I have to check that out at some point. Yeah. Be an interesting. Uh, I don't know, bit to add to my Emmett Kelly knowledge. <laughs> exactly. The man was more than a weary willy. <laughs> but aren't we all? Yeah. Let's hope. Let us hope indeed. So, yeah. Sorry, Ski. I'll go ahead and turn that back over to you, though. Uh, so, Blanche then walks through the uh, room quickly, kind of stating that she has no time to talk. Uh, Dorothy stops her, though, and asks if uh, she's going to be meeting up with Tom Gallagher again, a man that has apparently treated her poorly. And uh, stood her up multiple times. Right. Blanche explains that you know she's a dating, she's in a bit of a dating slump, and is kind of willing to deal with his rudeness. Mm. Uh, and then she heads out. Yep. Uh, then we uh, change scene. We see Blanche sitting at a bar. A bartender named Ernie uh, comes up and tries to tell her something, but she keeps interrupting him. Ultimately, he uh, she asks if he's, she's been stood up again. Ernie tells her, "Yeah, he's very sorry. He got a call, but he was told to give her whatever she wanted." Uh, and then she suggests that he go get the phone book and open to the jewelry section. Mm-hmm. Thought that was a good line. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, one thing I, uh, you, you, a line that you have to skim over. I didn't know if either of you would notice it during mm-hmm. my little opening part was that I referenced a line that Blanche had said uh, previously, where she said that they were asking her why she keeps going with this asshole that keeps standing mm-hmm. her up and treating right. her badly, and that's when she says. I'm just happier having a man that isn't perfect than looking for one who is. Mm-hmm. So I, I reference that in mind. I was kind of wondering if you would end up pulling that not. in on your recap. Sorry. No, it's fine. What was the line? Can I get it one more time? I'm sorry. Yeah, it says, uh, I'm just happier having a man that isn't perfect than looking around for one who is. Hmm. Interesting. So I, I adapted that too, that we're happy that they found a podcast that isn't perfect than yeah. looking around for one who yeah. is. I was wondering what that, yeah, I got you now. Yeah. Well, I thought that I was didn't just get a fun any, extra. I didn't get any recognition from either of your faces when I said it, so I thought maybe <laughs> it, it was by. I thought it was from like a review somebody had left us. Oh, like, <laughs> like, that would have been a perfect review. <laughs> they were on the iTunes, so like three stars. It's not a perfect podcast, but I'm sticking with it. <laughs> hey, listen, if you want to say that but give us five stars, I'm totally down. <laughs> it still helps us on the algorithm regardless of what words you use. <laughs> the um, so yeah, uh, you know, Mr. Gallagher tells the the bartender, it's like, yeah, go ahead and order whatever she wants or whatever. And our, there's um, just reminding me of this uh, Thirty Rock episode where uh, Tina Fey's in a bar, and the bartender comes up to her and she's like, like he's like, you know, the guy at the end of the bar wants to buy you a drink, and she's like, well, I already have a drink. Will he buy me cheese sticks? <laughs> <laughs> I just that was a really funny line. <laughs> that is a solid line. Yeah, Tina Fey's pretty great anyway. She mm-hmm. is. I, I like really her. like her a lot. Yeah, she like wrote. Oh, like, did she write all of Thirty Rock, or is she just one of the team? Yeah, I mean, she was just on the writing staff. She wrote quite a few episodes, but because I know she was heavily, you know, involved in the production of that. So mm-hmm. anyway, so uh, yeah, over to the jewelry section. I'm going to buy something expensive there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a man to her side uh, named John. Comments that being stood up is uh, no fun. She kind of comments to him kind of snidely that uh, if he's trying to capitalize on her current upset state, he's out of luck. He comments that he was just really trying to sympathize and that uh, he was also abandoned that night himself. 
then they have some uh, mutually comforting conversation about you know uh, she he he and uh, kind of uh, pads her ego if you will right uh, they agreed together to not date anymore again for a little while because you know this has just been a painful event uh, when they decide to toast on the idea uh, some wine spills on his uh, jacket sleeve Blanche then helps clean it up and suggests that uh, a great dry cleaner mm-hmm. I think she even says that uh, uh, she asked him if he knows a specific dry cleaner. Like, oh yeah, yeah. He said, "Well, he takes his stuff to this dry cleaner." Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a. Li- I mean, it was a the whole thing. Because then, I mean, just to spoil it, she ends up putting her number on the on the napkin that she writes the dry cleaner's name. Maybe she didn't even write the dry cleaner down. Who knows? But I thought it was a. Uh, it was a great line, a great pickup um, line, if you will, or at least way to pick somebody up but then at the same time it's like how would somebody in miami know a specific dry cleaner how great is this dry cleaner <laughs> that yeah like, it seems yeah, i know that dry cleaner yeah. in this giant city <laughs> but i don't know i guess you have to suspend a little disbelief Maybe if he's got a lot of suits yeah know. it could be he was well dressed so and he does spill a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> he does say he's a klutz mm-hmm. so maybe maybe he by necessity yeah yeah she goes to leave and uh, he stops her and says, at the risk of sounding like a hypocrite, can I ask you to dinner sometime? And that's when she you know, responds by telling him that she'd already written her, her number on the napkin that she left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche leaves, and the bartender asks uh, John if he wants anything else. He says he's, uh, he's good, he's going to call tonight. And then he turns to get off a stool and extends a large walking cane, revealing that he is, in fact, blind. Right. Well... The bartender was holding on to the cane for him. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah, it's okay. like one of those bars where you have to like check your guns and your weapons, <laughs> <laughs> and then they give them back to you when you leave. It did I look like a rough place. <laughs> I'd forgotten that detail. I just thought it was odd. I was like, why? <laughs> like, why do you have to check that? I just was kind of wishing he would do more like a daredevil type of a thing, mm. where he just like whips it out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But... <laughs> I guess his was a little more probably typical mm-hmm. <laughs> of the way a blind person <laughs> yeah. opens their cane. Sadly, less dramatic, right? right. Um, so we're back at the house. Rose, Sophie, and Dorothy are weighing in the football team to ensure that they're big enough to compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last boy named Billy gets on the scale and is just heavy enough, so the team cheers. But then Dorothy notices something and uh, pulls a, a book out of the boys up from under his jersey. Uh, at that point, he is now just underweight. Yeah. Because uh, apparently it's a two-pound book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually been four because I think yeah. he was 72. Yeah. And then 16. he went to 64. So, yeah. Rose, weighty. Rose definitely could have been a little more sly with that. If she knew that, that Dorothy <laughs> was going to be a stickler for that rule, mm-hmm. you put those weights in the pants or in the Something. Yeah, there's the a lot shoes. of padding. You can hide it somewhere. Uh-huh. I was it dis- was pretty obviously protruding, yeah. I was disappointed with her effort. Lead shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we can quickly tell that Rose, of course, like you said, had instructed him on the ruse, uh, but she shuts him up quickly. Uh, Dorothy dismisses the team and says that, you know, she'll see him all at game time. Yeah, there was a uh, part in that that even my Golden Girl standards in the 80s standards surprised me a little bit because uh, Sophia <laughs> fat shames the one heavy kid on the on the <laughs> squad saying something to the effect of, you know, remember that lasagna isn't part of a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, wow. I mean, I know well, that the, the boy was right before she said, don't miss any meals. or something. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, it was a little surprising, even with the Rebecca debacle from a few mm-hmm. you know episodes back or yeah. last season, whatever it was now. Um, I was still a little surprised that they're even taking pop shots at the fat child. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, 
yeah, you know, if Ham Rushbaugh taught us anything, <laughs> that it's open season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the boys exit, and Dorothy chastises Rose on teaching them a bad lesson about how winning is more important than following the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose protests that you know Billy is their best player and they need him to win. Mm-hmm. Blanche comes in and asks them uh, for some advice. Sophia suggests that she wear half as much makeup and twice as much underwear, <laughs> just as a standing recommendation. <laughs> yeah. Now with twice as much of zero is still zero. That so. is true. <laughs> I thought that exact same thing actually. She asks if her earrings look uh, nice enough for a fancy dinner. Dorothy is afraid that uh, she's going to go out, going out again with Tom Gallagher, but she tells him. Mm-hmm. But no, no, she's meeting up with the man that she met at the bar named mm-hmm. John. Uh, she tells the girls how nice and put together John is. Just then the doorbell rings. Rose answers it and invites him in. John asks if uh, she'll give him a hand because he's blind. Mm-hmm. And Rose just claps at him. <laughs> John then extends his cane uh, to walk in uh, by himself. They, of course, instantly realize that he's blind and introduce themselves. Mm-hmm. Sophia claims that uh, she is Dorothy's gorgeous 22. 20- 22-year-old cousin. Uh, just then, Blanche comes in, not seeing all this stuff before, and asks John how she looks and if he's uh, blinded by her beauty. <laughs> uh, the girls try to stop her repeatedly, uh, but she then uh, realizes for herself that he can't see. You know, what she just said right. sounds pretty insulting, possibly. John asks her uh, plainly if maybe she didn't realize something the other day about him. Uh, she attempts not to say anything else uncomfortable about him uh, being blind and suggests that they go ahead and head out. He asks where they're going, and she responds that they're going to Harvey's at the shore, mm-hmm. uh, which has a lovely view. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought those are pretty good jokes overall. I mean, very classic sitcom, mm-hmm. you know, awkward situation type of jokes. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I enjoyed them. I thought they were all well done. Yeah. Like on a scale of one to ten, how shocked was Rose that he was blind, do you think? Hmm. I would think that Rose is, uh, you know, not very worldly, it seems like sometimes. Uh-huh. So I'd have to think that Rose would have been like a six or seven, at least, maybe even higher. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, six or seven. Um, she did have a very shocked look. Yeah. More so than anyone else, I thought. Exactly. But meanwhile, you know, Father Frank shows up and she's like a freaking 13 on that scale. <laughs> like she rolled with the punches of him being oh, blind no. well more than she did. <laughs> well, in fairness, you know, if you were someone who grew up in a religious, uh, you know, mm-hmm. setting, the idea of a priest coming to take out someone for a mm. date would maybe be even more shocking. Um, yeah. You know, especially someone of age. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I mean, she was Lutheran mm. and everything. Oh, that's true. You know, and Frank was Catholic. So I think the surprise there was the fact that, you know, Dorothy wasn't a little boy. <laughs> See, I made, a, I made a more subtle joke to that effect, and you rolled over that, and then you just had to really. <laughs> true, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's, I think Brent has some demons. <laughs> He's exercising them here on, on exactly. the podcast. We're going to do some memories I've blocked out. <laughs> We're here for you, brother. Mm. Uh, yeah, again, realizing you know, what she had just said about the lovely view. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so um, I'm rereading, um, you know, Norm MacDonald's autobiography. Okay. Um, you know, it's just as good the second time around. And just as a side note, so within our timeline, you know, he recently passed. Right. You know, but I'm glad that we were able to go on record while he was still alive. Like what big fans we are of his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. I was going to say, I, I didn't realize some of his comedy is problematic, um, mm-hmm. which was a shame to me. It, you know, yeah. 
I, I try not to think about that aspect of yeah, it yeah. too much, especially now that he's you yeah, know, yeah. passed away. But yeah, he's definitely been one of my favorite comedians for a long time. Yeah. Um, but you th- I was reminded of that when you were going on about me exercising some demons or whatever, because mm-hmm. there is a, a bit in there where, you know, he's talking about, again, I don't know what percentage of the book is true or whatever. Right. Um, maybe 10% of his autobiography <laughs> is true. <laughs> maybe 15%. I don't know. But anyway, he, he was talking about a, a farm hand that was working on their family farm. Okay. Um, uh, old Jack. <laughs> and he was talking about how, like, on his eighth birthday, um, old Jack let him come out to his shed so he could give him a special present. Um, and then Norm mentions that, you know, I blocked out and don't remember anything for the next five years. Um, and then Norm's memory comes back when he's at old Jack's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good example of those problematic Norman yeah. Donald jokes, but but yeah, I don't know. I, he just was so unique. Uh, mm-hmm. you well, know, you, were, you were talking earlier about Brent's uh, laughing at himself, and if he was all deadpan, mm. how would it work out? And the first person I thought was Norm, because like a lot of his was like, he'll say it like he's telling a story, yeah, like a serious story, but it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, did we lose all that stuff? What's that? Was that part of the stuff we lost? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, maybe. I don't know. We, we lost a little bit at the beginning prior to us starting the actual episode. Yeah, we had about three hours of solid gold. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's why we're so spent now. Down the drain. <laughs> but then management went through and hit the wrong keys on the <laughs> computer machine. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, I can't afford to hire the kind of technicians that I need. <laughs> Ski and I are already wearing too many hats. <laughs> We are both hatless. <laughs> no. We're, um, you know, writing recaps, you know, working the social medias. <laughs> Ski's I, not. I, uh, <laughs> that's, that's probably my personal uh, boycott, I, I guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> and yet you're accusing me of doing the least amount of work on this thing. Have I? Have I said that specifically? Yeah, we were at Denny's. Oh, okay. Well, I stand by it. <laughs> hey, listen, we've been doing this for like two years now-ish, uh-huh. um, or, or closing in on that, and you just started getting into the social media like two months ago, <laughs> so you can't say that you've made up for all of Ski's other recaps prior. <laughs> okay. So if you want to say two months ago you two became even, then I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm still the he's, hardest worker on the podcast. He's funnier than me, though. And I'm salary. <laughs> you are salary. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here commenting for tips. Right. <laughs> so, anyways, but uh, sorry, Ski, where were you at at that point? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. She says, oh, it's a. Uh, Harvey's on the shore. It's got a lovely view. Right. Again, realizing the awkwardness of that, <laughs> she kind of looks back and gives a wince at the girl like, ah! Uh, with Jane's scene. Speaking of wincing, um, isn't Nicole out cruising? She is. <laughs> well, she will be tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> and then in our time, yeah, yes. she's uh, going to uh, the Western Caribbean. Oh. Apparently, all the, the entire crew and uh, all passengers need to be vaccinated mm-hmm. and actually produce a negative... Uh, mm-hmm. COVID test two mm-hmm. days prior to the uh, to leaving. Mm-hmm. If, if they can't do both those things, they don't get to go on the boat. What's she cruising for? A bruising. Or I thought it was the D. Huh? I thought it was the D. Oh, you were supposed to ask the what she's cruising for. <laughs> I know you jumped on my line. <laughs> God damn it! Okay. Uh, 
Okay. Well, I can cut this still. No, it's fine. <laughs> we had this well rehearsed three oh, yeah. hours ago. <laughs> but again, okay. let's, let's start a so little. So, you just ask now. We'll just we'll get to the fucking punchline. Don't worry the other. <laughs> so now you have to ask him. So what's you cruising for? The D. What am I supposed to say at this point? Then oh, you say a, a bruising. A bruising. <laughs> and then I say it depends how big the D is. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, that really sucked. <laughs> it was some improvised banter the first time around, people. Yeah. It was there. Cleaner, it, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was truly gold the first time around. And it totally caught Ski by off guard as well. Uh-huh. Which, yeah, I told yeah. Brent, I said, I can't even get mad. That was just well-timed. Mm-hmm. Ski gave me one of his patented, why I ought to. <laughs> <laughs> Then he smashed a computer and lost everything. Exactly. <laughs> my anger can't be quelled. Right. Just like Alan. the computer machine won't besmirch my lady's good name. <laughs> so, anyways, but yeah, just to recap that joke, Ski said his wife was cruising. I said what, or Brent said what she cruising for. I said the D. Ski said a bruising, and then Brent said, depending on how big the D is. Yes. So there's the whole joke. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> well, we yeah. got a little drum set over here. We should do the, our own little drum solo. I don't think it's at this point. Rim I don't shot. think it's worth it. No, uh, it's certainly not at so. this point. First time around, totally though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But. Yes, so we'd have one more thing lost to the ages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least now people get the gist yeah. of what they missed. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Because of Ski's anger. Exactly. My rage cannot be contained. And that's true. Uh, so we change scene. Uh, you see the, the football team is again in the girls' living room, which is, I guess, where they hang out. And Rose is drawing up some complex and confusing plays on a chalkboard. I don't know. They acted like they were complex. I didn't think they were overly so. Yeah, but for eight-year-olds. Yeah. Well, she's got you know everybody lined up anyway. And they clearly didn't know quite a bit what was going on because mm-hmm. even one of the boys says, which one am I? The X or O's? Uh, Dorothy stops her uh, pointing out that she's just going to confuse them even more. Uh, one boy points out that Billy you know, could have successfully blocked in the game that they had just lost, uh, but uh, that he couldn't play. And then <laughs> Rose eyes Dorothy as the reason why. Mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. She said, uh, you know, Eisenhower used less chalk when he played D-Day, mm-hmm. which is the image of that with like Eisenhower. <laughs> like, all right, boys, here's where we're going to get them. <laughs> He's up there drying yeah. out the plans. The bombers are coming in up here, and then the yeah. tanks are going to come in down here. I don't know. I just like the idea of him being like a Newt Rockney kind of uh, coach getting the, the troops ready <laughs> to, for the attack. And uh, Dorothy dismisses that. Uh, oh, she dismisses the boys again and tells them to go home and get plenty of rest. Uh, Dorothy and Rose have a brief argument again about you know playing by the rules. Uh, we find that uh, both Dorothy and Rose have uh, sore throats, though, and are worried that they may be getting sick from practicing in the rain recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose comments that she hopes the boys didn't catch anything, and uh, Sophia pipes in that, no, no, they can't catch anything. I saw them practicing. Yeah, that was, I think, my favorite line of the episode. I thought it, was it was definitely really one, one of my favorites, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche comes in, and the girls ask how her date with John went. Uh, she unenthusiastically says it was, you know, very pleasant. I think, doesn't she say, like, dinner in the opera or something? Or yeah, I can't remember what it was, but, yeah, it was a, a nice date, I guess. But uh, Dorothy points out that they've gone out every day that week, and Sophia tells Blanche that uh, she's lucky, that she thinks that uh, someone like John would have been perfect for Dorothy. Rose, you know, says, oh, yeah, he's smart and sophisticated, 
But Sophia specifies that, no, no, I meant the blind part. Right. Uh, phone rings and Blanche answers. Uh, says a few things. And based on the conversation, Dorothy can tell that she has uh, just made plans with Tom Gallagher again. Blanche says that, you know, she'll just have to cancel plans with John that she had already made. Both Rose and Dorothy uh, protest that she shouldn't ruin her relationship with John since he's such a great guy. Blanche retorts that, you know, in a very frustrated and upset tone that things with John just won't work out because he is blind. Uh, she then storms to her room, and uh, Rose hollers back at her saying that she's the one being blind in this case. And Rose would know because she has a blind sister. That's, That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, we change scenes, and uh, we see Rose bringing out two bowls of, uh, I guess, soup. Yeah. Uh, claim that Sophia's homemade remedy for the flu. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both still in their bathrobes, and Dorothy uh, says that they've got the flu and they'll have to miss the big game later on that day. Dorothy comments on how disgusting the soup is. Uh, just as Sophia enters, Sophia claims that they um, don't besmirch it. That recipe has been in the family for generations and has always worked. Of course, you know she's never seen anyone eat it. <laughs> right. Now, that said, though, all the ingredients were food items. Now, granted, one of them was, like, fat or something like that. Yeah, two of them were fat. <laughs> but they were all food. Like, it wasn't like, oh, there's some Vicks vapor, vapor rub in there or something like mm-hmm. that. I mean, they were all food-based mm-hmm. items. Yeah, it wasn't so, like petroleum jelly or yeah. something. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that it was reasonable to assume that it was an edible, you know, mm-hmm. compound. And then she even, you know, she's, you know, Sophia says, I've never seen one eat that. Just put a, a glob of it on the vaporizer. But my thought then was also this. You know, she says it's been around for generations. <laughs> How long has vaporizers been a thing? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think for generations. Wouldn't Not, that like stovetop vaporizers? Uh, maybe oh, so, maybe. but it could be. Um, but still, I mean, you would be talking back in like the 1800s <laughs> that these people would be doing that. So mm-hmm. I suppose they may have had those. Uh, they had some medical, you know, technology back then that they had developed. So, yeah, you know, maybe something. Uh, but so Rose and Dorothy uh, know that they won't be well enough to coach the game and uh, s- decide they're going to probably have to forfeit. However, Sophia says that she will coach. Dorothy points out that she doesn't really know anything about the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sophia compares it to uh, shopping in Sicily. It says something along the lines of, you push the guy down, grab the pigskin and run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the team arrives and Sophia heads out with them. And it's just one of the boys like mm-hmm. arrives at the door, says, we're ready for you. And then Sophia heads out right? because that's what the, the team arrives to pick up the coach, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, Rose comments on how sweet it was for her to uh, help out and volunteer, but that she better not lose. Uh, they walk into the kitchen to get a drink, and uh, Blanche enters. She apologizes for the way that she had acted previously and confides that the reason she was afraid to be with John was because he's, you know, she's always uh, attracted men with her looks. And uh, if he was blind, none of that really would matter. She says that uh, when she was uh, out with Tom recently, she felt miserable and just kind of missed John. Rose suggests that you know she tell all this to him. Uh, she asks him if uh, what their sickness was, and uh, Rose lists off the list of symptoms that they've been having: blotchy skin, puffy eyes, swollen cheeks, and heart palpitations. Right. Blanche comments that yeah, whew, if that that last one, they may have never even known they were sick. Yeah. <laughs> and then exits. <laughs> The girls kind of look around at each other, realizing they'd just been insulted. Yeah, that was a solid burn. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, scene change again. Sophia is now in the locker room with the uh, football team, and gives them a very basic, uh, you know, game plan. Mm-hmm. Oddly, comparing to years of lovemaking, uh, she then ushers them out on the field. 
Did you have something? Yeah. Um, so, you know, she tells Billy how, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with being small. Right. You know? And he was like, you know, like, were you? You know, and she's like, who do you think I am, Billy Barty? Yeah. I was getting to that. I, mean, I didn't my, think I would leave that out. That was my favorite <laughs> line of the episode. I yeah. couldn't leave out Billy Barty. Yeah. Yeah, I'll revise my favorite line. That was my favorite line, yeah. too. Sorry, though, but Brent, well, I'm not sorry. Brent's the one who stepped on it. I'm so, not, because he moved on. No, he said that they moved out, but I think he was then going to go to her talking to. Yeah, little to. Billy, you know, still can't play, but suggested. When he so, said they moved out, I assumed he meant everybody moved oh, out. Okay. Oh, okay. No, sorry, sorry. I can see how that. Maybe you two can share blame. Still, none belongs to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Billy says, you know, it sucks to be, you know, you know, short. But Sophia says, you know, it's not all that bad. Take it from someone who knows. He's like, you mean you? She says, who do you see, Billy Barty around here? I did think it was kind of dumb of Billy to be like, you mean you? I mean, she's still tiny. It's not like, yeah. <laughs> like it'd be different if it was Dorothy. Like, yeah, I was really short when I was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Sophia's barely taller than most of these kids. I mean, is she, was she even taller than Billy? She may not have been, not much anyway. Uh, she points out that, you know, you, ch- you don't outgrow your clothes. You uh, don't hit your head very often and people think you're super cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, she points out uh, that there's nothing real wrong with being little, but there is something wrong when you cheat. Uh, she tells him that if he uh, follows the rules, then he'll succeed in life. He tells her, yeah, that I feel a lot better. She responds that, you know, at his age, she knew a quick little cliche would work. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then hands him a huge sandwich and tells him to suit up. Right. Uh, so we change scene again. Uh, now, like, go ahead. I don't know. I'm not sure having a belly full of sausage and peppers <laughs> is really going to protect his concussions. <laughs> yeah, maybe not, but... Uh, I don't think it'll also make him that effective of a player either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she may be following the letter of the rules, but not the spirit. Yeah. Hey, well, you know what? Well, the letter of the rule is what's written. Okay, that's what we follow. <laughs> well, we later find out it didn't work out yeah. in his favor too much anyway. Uh, at a restaurant, uh, Blanche meets up with John. She apologizes about setting him up and explains she's not sure what he likes about her uh, because you know he can't see her, and she's right. already you know like she explained to the girls always attracted men with her looks. He tells her that, you know, not being able to see, he can make up his own picture of what people look like. And when he likes someone, you know, quite a lot in her case, he paints a pretty nice picture. He then compliments her, saying that she likely has a great smile, because she's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty eyes, because she's smart and thoughtful. And uh, big behind, because she loves music. She, like, <laughs> she stops him and is like, no, no, no. He says, I was just checking to see if you're paying attention. <laughs> Uh, she apologizes again, and uh, they make uh, plans to talk again soon. He says he'll call her. Uh, then a pretty woman named Elaine uh, enters and walks up to their table. Uh, I think she's actually on a date with uh, John. Yeah. Blanche excuses herself and tells him to have a great night. Uh, she then tells John that Elaine looks like to uh, be an even bigger music lover than she has. Yeah, that was an excellent line. That was Blanche's best line of the episode. Yeah. I thought so, too. John got a kick out of it as well. Yeah. Um. Chain scene one last time, and we see Blanche arrive at home uh, and see Dorothy and, and Rose on the couch. Dorothy comments it's that they... Davenport. Yeah. So yes, yes. <laughs> Dorothy comments that uh, they just got up, and it feels like uh, they spent the whole day in bed. Blanche comments, you see that like it's a bad thing. Right. And then she heads off to her room. At that moment, uh, Sophia opens the front door and announces, make way for the victors. Rose excitedly asks, oh, did you win? And Sophia says, no, Rose, we lost. We all changed our names to Victor. Mm-hmm. I think I had, that's what I had listed as my favorite line. That was it. 
<laughs> the way you say it is if you're really questioning your own. No, you the know, Billy Barney one. I like love that, that Oscar Wilde type word play. <laughs> uh, she sends them to the kitchen for ice cream. Uh, Dorothy asks her mother, hey, did you let Billy play? She says, yeah, I let him play very briefly. He ate a really big sandwich and uh, made weight. Uh, but then he got a cramp and he had to sit out the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose claims that uh, they won because of the discipline that she taught him. Dorothy then says, no, no, it was um, the team spirit that I taught him. Sophia tells him, no, no, you're both wrong. It's due to the statue of Mussolini play that I taught him. Mm-hmm. And uh, to pile on the quarterback the first play and take him out of the game, Dorothy protests those tactics, uh, saying that it's dirty. But Sophia compares it to World War II and says, hey, we're talking Mussolini here. Mm-hmm. And that is the game. So we had a handful of uh, guest stars in that episode. Of course, uh, first and foremost, uh, we had uh, Edward Winter, who played John Quinn. Now, this is his only Golden Girls episode, but he did have 126 titles to his name, um, seven episodes of MASH. Uh, Let's see, he had uh, an episode of Police Woman, which seems like almost everybody who's ever been on Police Mm -hmm. Woman has also been on Golden Girls, um, a show I've never seen, actually. That's Angie Dickinson. Oh, yeah? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Blanche has been mistaken for her, I believe. <laughs> right, yeah, body double, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's been on 13 episodes of Herman's Head and 14 episodes of a Project UFO. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I've seen Herman's Head a little bit a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I can't you say that I've ever was heard on of it, right? Who was it? Yardley Smith. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And yeah. Hank Azaria. Mm-hmm. Um, Hank Azaria was on there, too. Mm-hmm. I forgot yep. that. Yep. Then we had uh, Billy, who was played by Christopher Kent Hill. 11 titles to his name, um, five episodes of Roseanne as Lonnie Anderson, which oh. I, I thought was funny. Uh, <laughs> I had to look it up because I was like, I, I, I think that it was the, he was like the son of one of her friends. Um, but I was like, I had to check to like, is this possibly like a trans situation? <laughs> um, like, was he playing Lonnie uh-huh. Anderson in an episode as an uh-huh. adult? But no, he was just playing a boy with the name Lonnie Anderson in mm-hmm. that. And this was his only Golden Girls also. Uh, Paul Tennant, he played Freddy. Only credit to his name was this episode. Yeah. Alan Koss uh, played Ernie. 26 credits for him. 42 episodes in Cheers as uh, Alan and Mike. Uh, I'm guessing he was just a dude mm-hmm. around the bar because yeah. I had no memory of him from Cheers at all. Not that yeah. I was an ardent Cheers watcher, yeah. but enough that I think I'd recognize a 42-episode yeah, regular yeah. character. <laughs> but but was, again, He was one of them that set the tables. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, he was, uh, this is only Golden Girls. Then our final guest was uh, Leslie Glassford. She played Elaine there at the end. Um, one credit to her name. This is her only Golden Girls. But she has something in the works right now oh, yeah? uh, for Uncommon Negotiator. She's a producer on that. So oh, nice. she got that Golden Girls credit under her belt. And now <laughs> she's 25, 30 years later, whatever it is. Taking her place. Exactly. So. Nice. So I think we discussed favorite lines. Is there anything that stood out that either of you two wanted to mention as far as that goes? No, I think I'm good. I've said my piece. So Ski, who was your MVP of this episode? Oh, hold on. I wrote it down. I forgot. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) John. uh, I said he was a very kind, considerate character, despite even being a little bit slighted by Blanche. Okay, I thought you were going to say despite even being blind. (laughs) 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 He had all the reason to hate the world, but still he loved it. Uh (laughs) Okay, and how about you, Brent? Uh, Sophia. Sophia, yeah, she got mine too. She almost lost it with that, uh, you know, fat shaming of the kid. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she led the team to victory. I thought she was the best mm-hmm. overall character. Exactly. In it. I really liked the B story too. And but she, she was, had the victor line on. Mm, that's true. The best of the episode <laughs> yeah. for she some broke people the at the table. Wall with Billy Barty. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, all kinds of good stuff from Sophia. Um, yeah. 
So how many slices of cheesecake did this one get for you, Ski? 6.5. Hmm. That's yeah. always a pretty funny episode. And I liked how it showed a kind of funny and rare competitive edge in Rose. I don't think the competitive edge in Rose is that rare. I mean, exactly. every time there's a competition, it, it come, you know rears its ugly head. But yeah. how about you, Brent? Uh, six and a half as well. Oh. Um, you know, solid episode. I thought it was funny. And um, again, you know, it, groundbreaking as far as the use of panty waste goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, credit where credit's due. Yeah, I gave it a six and a half also. So a clean sweep of six wow. and a half. So, yeah, I thought it was a, put it up high on the list. I'm guessing. Another solid Blanche you know, experiences growth episode. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like almost all the episodes, not everyone, there's been a couple, but almost all of them where there's a character that needs to, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, have some growth with their views of the world or yeah. their, their own personal, um, you know, views of themselves or whatever. It seems like Blanche is usually the one that gets the call. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but yeah. it was a good episode, and I yeah. thought the B story was really solid as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, six and a half all the way around. So with that, uh, a solid episode. I think it definitely is going to be contending probably um, for best episode of the season, or at least at least in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.